You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom. This is Chuvah Sapoiskim, a special nine days edition. Uh, Shabbos is Rosh Chodeshov, and the Chumras of the nine days begin. Well, uh, the first thing that we're probably going to be thinking about is our what about Havdalah on Saturday night? It's already technically the second day of Av. What should we do? Should we we're going to make Havdalah? Are we going to drink wine? Isn't there a minute not to drink wine during the nine days? So Shulchan Aruch already deals with uh, this question. The Shulchan Aruch says that it's in Tav Kufnon Aleph. And the Shulchan Aruch says, see if you would, Mutter Wishtos Yayin That even though there is a minig not to drink wine, you can drink the Havdalah wine. That is the Psak of the Beis Yosef. Now, I should mention right away that the Beis Yosef introduces this halacha with the words, Yesh Misha Omer. Yesh Misha Omer, Hanoagim, Shalolachoboser. Or as he says in Sif Tes, Yesh Noagim, Shalolachoboser, Shalolishtos Yain, Bishabazu. So even the Beis Yosef, who quotes this as a definitive idea, says that it's not, he emphasizes that it's not from the Gemara. It's a minute that developed not to drink wine and eat meat during the nine days. Wine and meat are mentioned in the, in the Mishnah and in the Gemara and Tainus as something not to have during the Suda Mavsek, as the very last meal before Tisha B'av. But the minag, which is not mentioned in the Gemara, pushed the the iser of eating meat or the hanhog of eating meat to the beginning of the nine days. Or actually, if you look in the words uh, properly of the Shulchan Aruch, it's the week of Tisha B'av, not to uh, uh, drink wine and eat meat. Um the Shulchan Aruch says, some have from Rishchodesh, and he mentions another minag, which is, is pretty much unknown today, that some have the minag all the way from Shiva Sarbatamas not to have wine or meat. Um, okay, so it's a minag. Now, that minag that, of course, um, uh, is a strong minag, uh, and he's not. We're not trying to cancel that minug, and now comes into conflict with what to do on Saturday night when you're making havdalah this Saturday night. So there, the Shulchan Aruch's psak is to drink the havdalah wine naturally. The Rama disagrees and says our minug, based on the Ashkenazi poskim, is not to drink wine during the nine days even as part of Havdalah. Okay, so what do you do? You got to make Havdalah. So what do you do with the wine? Ella knows them with Tinok. You give the wine to a Tinok. What is a Tinok? We're going to talk about what a Tinok is. How old is this Tinok? How old is this child? A child, a baby, 
Probably not. I'm not talking about a baby. A baby, the, the Ran uh, says in, uh, uh, in his Chidushim that you can't make a bracha that a baby can't even understand what's going on and then give it to the baby. Can't be talking about a one-year-old or a two-year-old. We're definitely talking about at least someone who's three. If there's not such a, a child around, then the Ramos says, then I agree with Rabbi Yosef Cairo that you are allowed to drink it yourself. For the Havdola. Okay. So it would seem, all right, not such a problem this Saturday night what to do. You have a grandchild, you have a child around, okay? You make the bar priagofen, and the child listens to the brocha, and you give the wine to that child. If not, you drink it yourself. However, the Moganavram uh, believes that there's a principle that when we can extract from this halacha that the Ramah has told us. The Ramah has taught us that you give the wine to a child. So the Ramah says, based on this, the Mogan of Ram says, based on this, Ramah, the following. It sounds like during this week, now, whether it's the, whether Tishabov happens during the week or it's part of the nine days, you're allowed, really, a Tino can have meat and wine. Why? Because the Mogan Ram says, the Chumrah that was taken on by most of the Jewish people, if not all of the Jewish people, not to have wine and meat during this period, was never taken on for children, for, for children that are called Tinokot. Now, what does that mean? Let's look at the Ramah, the Mogan Avram. Now, how old is that? How old is that? Four, five, seven? Doesn't understand, does the child understand that, that we're missing something? Child wakes up in the morning, he's got his Xbox, he's got, a, he's got his iPad, he has Teletubbies, he has um, Team Mutant Teenage Turtles, he, he has whatever you know, he can have. He goes out to the swing set, can play in the, right? What child, what's the age when a child understands that we're missing something, that we're missing Yerushalayim, and that this world isn't the world that we want it to be, and that, that there's Avelut? I don't know what that age is exactly. I know Rabbi Yoshev spoke about this, and I was trying to find it earlier today. What is the age where we say the child comprehends? Is it nine? Maybe. Maybe nine? that he can understand, you can make him understand what the glory of Yerushalayim was, what the glory of the Beis HaMikdash was, what that period was about, and that we don't have it anymore. And it isn't just like a fairy tale that you're telling him about uh, some legend. He also understands that we don't have it. And he's able to process from you the pain that we don't have that. That's the age that a child should not be drinking wine or having meat, the Mogan Avram says. Now, um, below that age, you could give him meat and wine. That is seemingly the Pesach of the Mogan Avram. Now, he, he, he realizes that he has to back this up. And he mentions a, a, a Simon Shin Mem Gimel. Shin Mem Gimel says that even if something is Osir only Midrabanan, you can't give it to a child, whether it's your child or a neighbor's child. 
Simon Tufkun of Tessiv Zion speaks about a bris milah that happens on Tisha B'av. And we talk about giving the wine to a, child, to a, to a baby, to the baby. <laughs> so you see the baby is allowed to have something which would be awesome. And, you know, and yet we give the wine. Um, the simon tough iron aleph. Hmm. What is in tough iron aleph? And in tough iron aleph, the halacha is that you're not allowed to eat matzah on Erev Pesach. It's, it's oser. It's considered uh, an iser because uh, it's like you you want uh, your the kala before the chupa, right? It's like you're taking the woman who's your narusa and, and you're not waiting enough. Matzah is supposed to be done at night to feel the greatness of matzah. You're allowed to give the halach is, you're allowed to give your child matzah. You got to give him something, you can't give him chametz. So you're allowed to give your child an Erev Pesach some matzah, a matzah sandwich, matzah and cream cheese coming up. Have the kid have some matzah. As, as, if, he's young, if he's still young enough that he doesn't really appreciate what's really going to happen and the significance of a story and, 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 and blowing the excitement of finally eating in the matzah later. But if he's not on that level, he's just a kid who maybe can say manishtana or something like that, or he's able to think of one question. He's, he's young enough that the Isser of Achilas Matzah doesn't apply. So the Mogan Avram says, we see in many cases, we don't deny children, uh, even though we, are, we feel bound by these Isurim of not eating matzah, but it doesn't apply to a child. So therefore, in the same way, this Hanhaga, this Minag that the Jewish people have accepted does not apply to children, doesn't apply to them. Now, the Mogan Avram says, maybe you're going to argue with me and say, this Ramah is referring to Havdalah. And Havdalah, what are you supposed to do? It's a mitzvah, right? There's a mitzvah to make Havdalah and to do it on wine. So therefore, we exclude the child from what everybody else is. Everybody else who's an adult, they have a more stronger uh, responsibility not to drink wine. So therefore, they don't drink the wine, but the child has less of responsibility. But the reason why we're letting you give it to your child is because this way the mitzvah is fulfilled properly. So the Mogan Avram says that you can't say that as a point because there was another minhag that the poskim and the Rishonim uh, struggled with. And that was the, the halacha of making Kiddush Friday night in shul. Um, in, in many communities, it's still done. But from the time of, of the early, from the time of the Gaonim, there has been a, a, a battle whether that minag should have continued or not. It's still entrenched in certain places. The Shulchan Aruch actually says, if you're starting a new community, don't do it. Don't make Kiddush Friday night in Shul. It really has no why, because Kiddush is meant to be bound to a meal. Kiddush is bound to a Suda. Kiddush is supposed to be involved with a Suda. You're not having a Suda here. You're just going to drink the wine. And therefore, your Kiddush is really a, is, is a wrong Kiddush. All the bracha that you make, right? Or, or, or actually, that's not the kiddush. That's actually a yunt of kiddush. But right, um, but but the kiddush you're going to make on Friday night, right? Um, and the kiddush in, in the bar priyagafen, it'll be a bracha of atala. So why are we continuing to make kiddush? The poskim said, look, it seems to become a minug. It seems like we can't stop it. Um, 
there might have there was reasons in in in, in old times, uh, and therefore we accepted it. It, it doesn't have a strong halachic basis anymore, but it's become a minig and it was a Kabbalah, and therefore communities who have that should probably continue making it. Okay, so in a way, there's a mitzvah of continuing the custom. That's the mitzvah of keeping making Kiddush. All right, okay, we're going to make Kiddush. But what do you do with the Bar Prayer Gopen? Do you drink the wine? So, um, the Beis Yosef says, well, we could give it to a child. Why are we giving it to a child? Because if we don't give it to a child, it'll be Brochel Vatala, and you know, the minag of making Kiddush Friday night will be based on doing something that's also. So we're going to give it to a child. So this way, the man making Kiddush doesn't make a Brochel Vatala, and the child will drink it, and he'll have the child in mind. So the Mogan Avram says that why did the Beis Yosef need to make it so desperate? Let him just say that when there's a mitzvah involved, the idea of, of Kiddush B'mokam Suda doesn't apply. We let a child have the Kiddush. Now, what's wrong with just making the Kiddush? Well, what's wrong is it doesn't make sense. You have a bracha without a meal. It's like a wrong Kiddush. Okay, but maybe... Um, since I'm doing a mitzvah, what's the mitzvah that you're doing? Well, I'm keeping the custom alive of making Kiddush. Okay. And therefore, I'll let the child drink it. You don't need to say, well, if I don't let the child drink it, it's a brachla vatala. Just say that where is a mitzvah involved, then the idea of children uh, being involved in Armin Hagim doesn't apply. The same thing as, as you just said about the minagist not to drink wine during the nine days, but there's a mitzvah involved of Havdallah, so that's why. You see from the Beis Yosef that that's not the case. The Beis Yosef, the only way he justifies the idea of drinking of, 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 of a Friday night, of every Friday night, the small child drinking the wine, is in order to save a brachal of Atola. So it seems that we don't necessarily say, oh, when there's a mitzvah involved, the, 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 for the, the child, what the child's doing isn't that essential. No, whether it's a mitzvah or it's not a mitzvah, um, you have to treat it the same way. And therefore, it comes back to the question again, why on a Saturday night uh, during the nine days do we let a child um, drink the wine? Why do we give it to the child? It must be, therefore, that it's actually less severe than a Friday night Kiddush. A Friday night Kiddush, we needed to be forced to the wall to explain why we're even making, and we're going to go let, go ahead with the bar prayer and give it to the child, because otherwise we're going to have an Aveira on the hands of the man making Kiddush. Whereas the Saturday night, this Saturday night, giving on a, a, during the nine days, it's because really there's nothing wrong with a child drinking wine during the nine days, because till he reaches an age where it's significant to him why we're not drinking wine and what the Chorban Beis Amikdash is, that Isser that's built on the Minug, the Minug that creates the Isser of not having wine and meat does not apply to a child. Okay. So that would seem to mean that the Mogan Avram is a source for the whole next week, not just on Saturday night, but to allow, again, we're not talking about allowing wine for children, because that's probably uh, uh, something you don't want to do. But we're talking about rather is allowing meat for children 
during the nine days. So the Mogan Avram seems to be a very clear source to allow this, that you can have meat. Now, again, what is the age? I would say eight, nine, you know, you have children that are four, five, six, seven, they want spaghetti and meatballs. According to the Mogan Avram, it should be allowed. And he, he isn't just, you know, it's not a one-liner. He feels that he, he feel he has, you know, he, he, he brings sources in order to back himself up. Now, the Mishnah Bura, if you take a look in Simon Tufkov Nonalov, says that, okay, he, you can give it to a child. He can't just be a two-year-old. He has to be at least four or five where he's making brachas all the time. Um, and he can't be as old as someone who knows about the Avelis of Yerushalayim. Again, I'm leaving that as a sort of a question mark. I know Rabbi Yoshev dealt with that question, or Chaim Kanievsky as well. Um, and, and I am assuming that it's about nine, eight or nine. So I'm saying, I think within a very, uh, there's a five-year period from, and, and, and obviously younger than that for sure, that you can, that you should be able, based on the Mogan Avram, to feed your kids spaghetti and meatballs or whatever it is, hamburgers or whatever it is. Um, but then the Mishnah Bura makes a turn on a dime. mitzvah, no, no, only the Saturday night. Ava below mitzvah. If there's no mitzvah involved, even if he's less than eight or nine, if he's less than nine, it's oser bebosser You cannot give him meat, assuming that he doesn't need it for his health. Okay. The Mishnah Brewer explains in the Shar Hatziyun why he deviates from the Mogan Avram's directive. Because he says the Elio Rabba, who was a Dayan in Prague, the beginning of the 18th century, wrote one of the most important halachic works. It's not that well known today. It's called the Elio Rabba. Um, he wrote it uh, first, he wrote it on the Sefer Levush which is the Sefer of Mordechai Yaffa, which is a rewriting of the Shulchan Aruch. Um, and I think it's because he, at that time, it was the most popular halachic work in the Ashkenazic circle, not the Shulchan Aruch. People used to learn Levush. And it's still a great Sefer to learn. It's very straightforward. And uh, it's unfortunately not appreciated enough. Uh, the Elio Rabba, uh, the, this Dayan in Prague, Elio, um, uh, wrote his book on the Lavush and based on the language of the Lavush. And I, be, I think once the Lavush went out of vogue, people didn't study the Elio Rabbi either. But in the, when the Mishra Burr was writing his work, it was still a preeminent authority. And then he quotes a sefer called Dogel Mirvava. And Dogel Mirvava is the notes on the Shulchan Aruch that were written although I don't think it was printed in his lifetime, by the great Yecheska Landau, the Rav of Prague, the, known as the Noda Yehuda. So the Noda Yehuda's notes on the Shulchan Aruch disagree with the Mogan Avram. Um, and he says now, the Mishnah the Chayodam, which of course was uh, from the Mishnah Buru's backyard, from Vilna. He was, of course, the you know Rabbi Avram Danzig, who wrote uh, up until the time of the Nishabura was for Lithuanian people the handbook for halochach, the Chaye Adam. The Chaye Adam actually quotes this Mogan Avram saying that this isser of wine and meat does not apply to children, let's say, from four to nine. 
Uvapella. As much as the, the Mr. Berg has a lot of uh, respect for the Chayotim and quotes him consistently, he says, I can't believe he, I, I, it's a Pella on the Chayotim that he did it. Why? Even Sharabim Chokanalov, since there's so many who disagree with him. You have the Elio Rabba, you have the Noda Behuda. And the Chayim Bederach Chayim. The Derachayim is Rabbi Yaakov Loberbaum, who wrote his notes on a, a special sitter that was printed. And they asked one of the G'dayli Ador, Rabbi Yaakov Loberbaum, who wrote the Nesivas HaMishpat, one of the most important Sfarim and Chayish Mishpat, Chavaz Das and Yeridea, um, really one of the, the premier uh, halachic minds of the f- first part of the 19th century, who was sort of slumming a little bit when he decided to add his... Um, uh, his halachic hiroos to a siddur that was printed in the beginning of the 19th century. And that was the Derachayim Siddur, Derachayim Siddur, which sort of had, just like the art scroll has in the back, you know, halachas of what you're supposed to do, the Derachayim Siddur had in, uh, in, the, in the places at the davening the psokim from Rabbi Yaakov Leiberbom. So uh, the Mr. Burra consistently does not view this as some sort of insignificant work. He considers it a halachic work of the first rank. And he is, and, and, and therefore the Derachayim wasn't just copying. He wasn't just somebody who was cutting and pasting. He's the Nesiva Samishpot. He's the Makor Chaim. He's the Chavaz Das. And therefore in this book of, of collection of, of, of halachic directives of how one needs to daven and act during the year, he also says that you don't give children uh, wine and meat, and the only exception is Havdalah Saturday night. And, and therefore, the Chayodim, it's a pella that he writes what he writes. Okay, so if somebody today would ask, okay, so can we, can we serve the kids spaghetti and meatballs? They hate fish. They hate cottage cheese. They hate lasagna. They can't stand the stuff. They're so used to it. What can we do? We would say it's awesome. All right. Not so fast. As I said, today is a day for dispensations and a way to understand the approach of a chassidish Pesach. And although I don't know how, uh, how much this psaq was circulated in its time, and you can see that um, this was in the great, I guess some, for some people it was a terrible summer, of 1968. Um, and I would say that's, it's about, um, 50, um, 53 years ago, right? right? I guess 53 years ago. Um, and it was a psaac that was written 53 years ago on, and you can see it was right before Tisha that was written by the Kloisenberger Rebbe. Um, Yes, uh, Rabbi Kutil Yehuda Halberstam, uh, the great hero of 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 of, of Auschwitz, uh, the, the the incredible um, person who brought so many, made so many shaduchim, gave people right after the war, brought people together, gave people so much hope. Um, uh, he was uh, known to be an incredible tzaddik through in in his time in the camps and afterwards. Um, charismatic and, and brilliant. Uh, and his students, uh, especially Rabbi Ram Schmerler and others who were able to um, 
to put his writings together into what is today probably one of the premier halachic works of the 20th century, the Divrayatsiv. At this time, he wasn't necessarily known as a post-sec that everybody came to, but clearly the Chassidim knew that he stood for Torah. And if it's the one thing that the Kleisenberger Rebbe uh, brought was not just, you know, song and a feeling and a heart, although that was definitely there, but what, what, what he stressed most often was real learning and real solid halachic teaching. And therefore, although he wasn't necessarily seen by others as this great posik in his lifetime, within his community, with his Anshe Shloimo, uh, he did uh, respond to them and write uh, 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 quite a number of very important chuvas, which were printed, most of them, um, you know, towards the end of his life and many, many after he died. And I think it now stands as a great monument of uh, of Chassidah Shepsak of the 20th century. And he was asked this question, can we give meat to a child in between four and nine? So he quotes the Mogan Avram, which we've already done. And he also mentions the same thing the Mishnah Bird does, the Oya Rabba. Um, now, the... Um, I'm going to skip a little bit about what he does with the Elia Rabbah. He basically feels the Elia Rabbah's points are not strong enough uh, to push the Mogan Avram away from Halacha. And again, in this forum, I think it would be too, uh, too particular to be able to understand how he disagrees. Um, he does quote the Mishnah Bura because he realizes that the Mishnah Bura, although he's not a, from the Hasidim, was, had worldwide acceptance. He mentions, though, he says that if you take a look, and the Mishnah mentions everybody's against him, the Mishnah says if you read the Prima Godim, now the Prima Godim is a sefer from Yosef to Umim that was meant to explain the Mogan Avram. The Mogan Avram wrote somewhat cryptically. Uh, you need to many times divine exactly what he's saying. And there were works that were written to explain the Mogan Avram, super, super commentaries, um, in a way, or a super commentary. I guess is the way you would refer to it. And what, uh, the Prima Godim is, is probably the premier uh, safer on the Mogan of Rome. And uh, he says, if you read the Prima Godim carefully, it sounds like the Prima Godim isn't just explaining the Mogan of Rome. He seems to say that the Mogan of Rome's psak, that children don't have to be part of this Humrah, is actually correct. Now, I, 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 again, it might be a judgment call whether the Prima Godim is trying to explain things within the world of the Mogan Avram, or is he just, or is it a comment that represents Rabbi Yosef Tumim's own feelings? But Rabbi Yosef Tumim isn't just a, a commentator. He's also someone who is a discerning editor in a way, and the Mishnah constantly uh, references him. So we now have someone else on the Mogan Avram's side. Even the Chayotam, which the Mishra Burris said, I don't understand, uh, the great Lithuanian student of the Vilna Gon, as it were, uh, the Kleisenberger mentions him, and he says, yes, the Chayotam. Now, I know about this Neide Behuda in his Sefer Dogo Mervova. What is one of the main questions that the Neide Behuda uses to say that you shouldn't 
uh, have uh, wine or meat for a child. He says, if you take a look in Shulchan Aruch, you want to say this is what the Ramah means? The Ramah writes in the Simon earlier, when we talk about this minog of not eating meat or drinking wine, he says, the custom is to hide the sakin shoshchita. The shochet in the city puts it away. He hides it. <laughs> A ceremonial, I'm hiding it, like hiding the afikoman. Hiding this, but even more. We're putting it away. No one's getting it. The chalaf is gone. There's no chalaf, even if you'd want to go in shechtab. I mean, you can't find, you can't find the, the kosher knife to be able to do it. So the 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 Neidibuta says, if the Mogan Avram is right, that children were eating meat, so why would you hide the knife? There's kids that need to eat. Now today, of course, this is, sounds a little, you know, it's, it's anachronistic in a way, because we don't, you know, the, the, the stuff was butchered last week, but we put it, we, we, we put it in refrigerator cars, and it came to the store, and then it was packaged, and it sits there uh, for four or five days uh, in, in, in the meat counter, but in those days, of course, it needed to be done immediately. And if a kid needed to have meat in the Mogan Avram's time, in the Chayotam's time, you need the shecht. So why are you hiding the shechita knife during this week? There's a whole large members of our population, all the girls and boys from the ages of, of, of two to nine or that, that need to eat meat. So why are you hiding the shechita knife? Another proof the, the Night of Buda brings is the fact that there's the, the, the that when it comes to washing uh, clothes for children, uh, the only heter that the post can come up with is because they get totally dirty. It's like diapers. It's very close to the skin. It's, it's, it's smelly. Uh, it, therefore, we need to constantly wash the clothes of the children. If you're going to say that these humrus didn't apply to children, then why do you need to work so hard and only allow uh, washing clothes for children when we're talking about uh, the smelliest and, 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 and most serious pieces of clothing that if you didn't wash them, you, you, it would be an emergency? It sounds from there that we did apply these isurim to children as well. Therefore, uh, even though a child gets the Havdalah drink, it's only because there's a mitzvah. So um, that is the attack against the Mogan Avram. And the Mishra Burr doesn't bring all of this, but like a great, any great defense lawyer, the Kloisenberger writes in this beautifully crafted tshuva, he writes, these are the attacks and the points against the Mogan Avram. He says, however, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, although I'm not sure how many ladies he felt he was addressing, but <laughs> the point is in, in the metaphor, he's now going to make his case. He says, if you look at the Mogan Avram, the Mogan Avram also quotes a Beis Yosef. The Beis Yosef in Simon uh, Shin Mem Gimel quotes one of the, the two Rishonim from Spain, the Rashb and the Ran, uh, uh, that say the following, that a principle, and this is a principle from the Rishonim. Where does this principle arise from? You'll see in a minute. But the principle is that if there is something that is essential for the growth of a child, Chazal 
never made that usher for a child. Even though for adults, there was a takana, a gzera, din the rabbanan. If the rabbanan are in charge here about it, they did not apply it. If it was something that was part, in other words, the denial of this would have a deleterious effect, would actually limit the growth and strengthening of what a child needs. Now, you could say, well, a week without meat? No, they looked at the total picture. Children need protein. Children need, it's a process. You, you, you're in for the long haul when you have a child. It's not about one day. It's about the whole seven, eight, 10 years, 50, whatever it is that you're feeding this child and having him grow. And therefore, things that are essential for that, Chachamim do not get involved in that. That is a Lushan from the Rashba and the Ran. The proof that the Rashba brings is a halacha in Hilchas Yom HaKippurim. In Hilchas Yom HaKippurim, there's a machlokas between the uh, Amarayim, but the halacha seems to follow Rabbi Yochanan, who says that we do not, till a child um, um, uh, becomes an adult, meaning a bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah, we do not uh, force him to fast, even the year before all of Yom Kippur. And in fact, uh, until he gets very close, within a year or two of uh, his, his, his majority becoming 12 or 13, we, we tell him not to fast. And we don't yet say, oh, fast another hour. And the reason is not because he's mentally not capable, but because even though it's on one day a year, it's Yom Kippur, we don't want to deny essential things to children. Now, it's true. Once they reach to be 10 or 11, we'll tell them fast one more hour or more. But we do not try to bring upon children that type of pain because it's important that they eat and grow. And that is something that we see even for Yom Kippur. And therefore, the Kloisenberger Rebbe says, for sure, it should apply here when it comes to the nine days. That same principle that we see from the Rashb and the Ran. Um, there's also something to understand that um, that uh, the Chachmas Adam, the same author of the Chayo Adam, wrote another work, another very popular work on the laws of Yeridea. It was called Chachmas Adam. And the question came up about should Nebuch, a, a, a child who loses a parent, a brother, what should he do during the seven days of Shiva? The, the Chochmas Adam ruled on this case. And he writes that even though the child is already a bright child and he's doing other mitzvahs, uh, you're buying him a lulav because he's, he's connected to the mitzvah chinuch. He does not go through the Avelus chumras of no washing, no uh, uh, right, not 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 washing his body. He doesn't have that chumra. Why? So the chachmasadim says, look at Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur, the only thing that we tell the child not to do is this is is, is is we tell him he can wear he should not wear leather shoes and that has to do with you know what people will think that um you know is going on um you know that the uh 
because um, that's the type of thing that, you know, we don't think that, uh, you know, it's going to really affect them that much, not wearing sh- uh, shoes for a day. The Chayotam, the Chacham goes on and says, but when it comes to Tisha B'Av, we never find that a child needs to be in this mitzvah chinuch of those the laws of Avelis of Tisha B'Av. Even when it comes to learning Torah on Tisha B'Av, a child maybe should learn Torah on Tisha B'Av, even though he's close to his bar mitzvah. We, we shouldn't maybe stop the, the yeshiva, although most of them are out in the summer anyway. But if they weren't, especially the way it was in Lithuania, the laws of Tisha B'Av of Avelis shouldn't apply to him. Why? So the Chokhm Sodom says something which now explains his what he said in the Sefer Chayodim, which is, the idea is, is that we don't want to pain the children. We don't want to do something that will cause pain. So first, the Kloisenberger speaks about a principle that the Rishonim emphasize about the growth of the child. But then there's something else, and that is trying to create a painful situation demanding that they act in a certain way to feel not more than just discomfort, but to feel tsar. The Chochmah Sodom of Ramdanzig, quoted by the Kloisenberger Rebbe, says, The type of thing where a mitzvah the kid likes doing, and he gets a, everyone claps and sees him, yay, very good, you didn't tell us that I am great, oh, here's your lulav, that's great. But something that he's supposed to take upon himself to feel pain, that doesn't apply to a child, at least for this age child. And then the Kloisenberger Rebbe, with incredible uh, precision, quotes places where you see the idea of what's happening during the nine days is all about feeling pain. The tour writes that when we remember the Chorban, uh, we should have pain about the chorp, and therefore the tour's chumra very. Uh, the tour holds that you shouldn't even eat um, chicken meikaradin on the sudam of even though for many it doesn't have a din of meat because meat is animal meat. However, um, we know that people like it, and if you deny yourself chicken you feel painful. And therefore, the tour says, it's proper not to eat chicken on, um, on the Sudam of Sekis. So the, what does the Kloiserberger Rebbe take out from this? That the idea of having chicken and not having chicken is feeling pain. So it's about pain. That's what it's about. Um, another proof he brings from the Beis Yosef. The Beis Yosef, uh, and, and this is something that uh, he uh, ca- uh, categorizes, he actually uh, writes it and collects it and codifies it in the Shulchan Aruch, that although one should not have pure meat, but if there is a kugel that has meat cooked into it, though you can't necessarily taste it, not like the yapchiks that they have, where you can actually, like, you dig into the potatoes and you see the meat there. But this is something that has meat, like, in it. 
Uh, meat is part of the ingredients, but it isn't clear that it's actually like a, a big piece of meat that you that you pick up with your fork. So in Shulchan Aruch, it says that uh, that the that you don't have to be monea from something that's flashix or or from a pot that was flashix today. You, you should understand that even if you use a pot that you know was flashix, you, you don't have a problem using doing that on during the nine days. And what's the reason why we have a heter for that, even though we all have taken on the chumrah of not eating meat? It's because what's the reason why the Beis Yosef says you don't eat meat? To be in Tsar. <laughs> The fact is, pure meat, you're not going to have. You're not going to have the steaks. You're not going to have the, 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 the ribeye. You're not going to have the, the shoulder roast. You're not going to have the pure hamburger. So the fact that you have something where the meat is sort of mixed up with a bunch of other ingredients that we can't even tell it, don't worry. You have enough tsar that you can't have the pure meat. The fact that meat got into your system is not the issue. It's the tsar of not having meat. So if that's the idea of meat, is, is the tsar, we, as we see from the chayadam, the chachmas adam, that children, we don't want that, they don't have to be exposed to that. We don't want that to be part of their even younger religious experience. And he brings a beautiful proof from the Gemara and Brachas that talks about why, there's the Mishnah and the Gemara explains, why a child is potter from Kriyashma. That even though Kriyashma, the idea of getting up in the morning and, and, and declaring fealty to God, even if a child is of the age, he understands what God is and what it means that God is in control, he's potter from Kriyashma. And that's the way, it's, it's Paskin and Shulchan Aruch that way. Now, Rashi explains in the Gemara, why? Because Kriyashma is usually said early. And a parent is usually the one who would be there helping his child along. But the dad is usually out of the door and, and going to work in the field somewhere. And he's letting his kids sleep. And since the child would have to be woken up earlier, which we don't want to deny the child, we don't want to make the child have to get up earlier when he doesn't have to. So we don't want to force him up. And that's the reason why we potter a child from Kriyashma. That's the Gemara. So that's, that's a p'tur. So he says, for sure, to pain the child that he shouldn't eat meat, the Kloiserberger Rebbe says, for sure, uh, should be something that we shouldn't, that we, that we, we shouldn't sanction that. Now, you're telling me that he's, he's, he can't understand what the Horbin is. Okay. So seven, eight, does he really understand what the Beis HaMikdash was? It's just a fairy tale. But why should we now cause him? He can't even connect this to the Beis HaMikdash. He doesn't really comprehend what that is. Again, you can see the passion and the compassion for humanity. I don't know if it's because he saw so many people die. Um, I wouldn't want to say a psychological interpretation based on the fact that he was, he saw his own children, you know, realize how they were killed and he lost so many children and, 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 and felt and, and the tears of so many that were lost. That would be, I think, a psychological overreach. But I think one has to understand from where these words are issuing from. Why should we put our children to tsar for no reason? And even though, as you remember, the Neidah asked from cases of washing, 
He says, there's a fundamental difference in terms of laundering. Laundering is mentioned in Shas. It's mentioned in Shas. And therefore, if it's mentioned in the Gemara itself, so that means, as he says, that's Usr Medina. So you need to work much harder to come up with a Keter to wash the clothing of children. But when it comes to wine and meat, Yes, it's codified, and it's in the Shulchan Aruch, but not everything in the Shulchan Aruch is equal. There are things in the Shulchan Aruch that are based on the Takanas Chazal, and those you can't necessarily say, my heart bleeds for you, I want to be matir. But when it comes to wine and, and meat, that's a chumrah, it's a minag, it's not mentioned in Shas at all. Another salient difference is that the rationale between why we don't wash clothes for someone it either could be because the person feels sloppy and messy and ugly and in pain wearing dirty clothes. That's one reason why we refrain from washing clothes. But the other reason mentioned by Rashi in the Gemara Tainus is because not so much how good you feel wearing laundered clothes, but it's what laundering clothes does. When you launder clothes, you're not thinking about, especially in those days. Hello? Right? Hello? Yes. Yeah, I'm home. Yeah, so <laughs> laundering clothes is, um, is, is the effect that it has on the launderer who, is, who isn't thinking about anything except the difficult job of getting the soap in, getting the water in and banging it against the sea bank and, and doing everything else. That's the reason why there was this Isser of laundering. The Isser of laundering had to do with Hesachadas because it's such an intense activity. It's not like, oh, open up the, uh, the machine and throw the soap in and, and, put the, put, and dump the stuff in and then go ahead and watch TV for an hour until it's ready. That's not what a laundry was. A laundry in the time of Chazal was a tremendous amount of intense work. And that intense work, by definition, means you're not thinking about the, the seriousness of this time. Now, that's so those cases, we, we, we are very careful and we don't allow, oh, just wash the kids' clothes no matter what it is. It has to be a diaper. It has to be something else that's super sweaty and disgusting. It doesn't have anything else. But when it comes to eating meat, it's not about uh, the person that's doing the laundry. It's the person who's not eating. It's the fact that person should feel, oh, I'm missing what I usually have. That's the pain of not having what you're used to. That pain is not possible. We don't connect that to a child. Now, it's true. The Mogan Avram himself brings that there's another reason why we let our kids go ahead with dirty clothes. And that is an idea that we have in Hilchas Avelus, that even though the person who is seemingly the object, like the child who's wearing the dirty clothes, doesn't really get what's going on, but the people seeing it do. The people come into shul and see the kid with the clothes that need laundering says, oh, this is a bad period. Similar to the halacha that even a child who is a young child, we're going to, doesn't really have the laws of Avelis, but if, he, if he's lost a parent, we're going to rip his shirt. Why? Because this way, the people who are coming to the Shiva house will see the image of this poor urchin child with a ripped shirt. That's called Agmas Nefesh, which means it's Agmas Nefesh of the viewer, the optics that's radiated. That's an idea of why we, we don't launder uh, clothing for children. 
because we want to give the appearance to everyone, to the people come in the community, that this is a community that's un, that, 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 that doesn't clean itself for this week. And everybody sees that. But it's not so much the person who is not being laundered. It's the agmas nefesh of everyone around. Um, and that could be the reason why the custom is not to cut hair of children as well. Because they're not in pain. It's not like they didn't get their spaghetti that they're used to, right? Okay, so they grew their hair longer. It gets into their face a little bit. But it gives off a message. Ooh, everybody, no one is groomed. Their hair is long. That's sending a message of Agmas Nefesh that's much different than not eating meat or drinking wine. The last point that he makes is really, I think, uh, essential and brilliant. And that is that even if you want to say like the 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 Noida Yehuda and the Rabbah, that it's only in the time of mitzvah of drinking the Havdalah. Let's split between wine and meat. Let's split between wine and meat. Meat is less calmer than wine. And he proves it. The source for this minog, although it probably arose, as the Vilna Gaon says, because there had always been this idea of becoming like a Nazir after the Chorbin, and, and wine and meat were, were uniquely connected to what was happening in the Beis HaMikdash in terms of Korbanos and things like that. But, and therefore you can understand why there was this an idea, I'm going to deny myself, because I want to think about the Chorbin. But if you go to the actual source that the Post can bring, it's from, it's from a Yershalmi. Now, the Yerushalmi says the following. Now, this is the way the tour brings the Yerushalmi. Hani noshi denikigi delo lemashte amra. Lemashte amra is not to drink, but is to, to from the word shesi, which is the warp, and uh, the, using the warp or the woof of, uh, of, of, of a beged that they are weaving. Lemishti means to take the, 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 the strand and to stretch it across the loom in the proper way. And the word is amra, which is the word for wool. Amra, with an ayin. So, if, and that we know that that's what women were involved in consistently. It was a way that they helped, uh, you know, make money for the family. It's what they needed. And it's, you know, it's, it's, there's a growing family. The guy needs to get, have his stuff patched and worked on. The women didn't do that type of loom work not everywhere, the Yishalmi says, but if there is a place where the women have not decided not to do the loom work, the Yishalmi says, minhaga, it's a good minhag, we shouldn't cancel it. Now, the words lemishte amra, the, as we know, the Yishalmi was not studied as, uh, as carefully. And we know mistakes crept in in terms of texts. So there were other versions of the word lemishte amra to be lemishte chamra, which was not to work with the loom, but to drink chamra, which is Aramaic for wine. And some had the girsa also not to eat meat, to not to eat meat or drink wine. So now the Kloisenberger says, okay, so that is a possibility of one of the uh, readings in the Yerushalmi. Other Rishonim, contemporaneous to the tour or within a generation or two, have the following. Only wine, nothing about meat, 
So there's one text that says it was all about weaving and looming, which is the way the Shulchan Aruch actually quotes it. That, that, that based on the Yerushalmi. The, the variant text, according to the Agos Maimini, contemporary, essentially, of, of, of the tour, was chamra only, nothing about meat. Therefore, the Kloisenberger says that maybe, first of all, it could be only wine that the minig applied to. Secondly, the fact is it said women, not everyone, hani noshi, right? It said, not the tour indicates that the alternate girsa is everybody. But if you go to the Gosmaimini, the alternate girsa doesn't have meat in it, and it only applies to women. The Kloisenberger Rebbe suggests that maybe this Hanhaga was a thing for women specifically, because we know, as the Gemara Kesuvah says, that it's not a, it, it's definitely improper and, and, and unseemly for women to be drinking wine in, 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 in such a way. And therefore, the minag was only applied to women, only applied to wine. There's no mention in these sources of meat. And, and therefore, maybe meat doesn't even apply to women. And it, 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 only, it becomes a chumrah. But really, um, the whole minag might only be for women to drink wine and never even applied for men. Maybe even men could have, based on the original minag, could have had wine during the nice days. And it became a chumrah. That, that, that we've accepted. But it's not, even though you want to say, oh, it's in the Yershalmi. Remember what he said before about washing clothes? That's in the Gemara. But this isn't. What? But the Yershalmi is a Gemara. Yeah, but we don't know what's really in the Yershalmi. And even according to the variant text in the Yershalmi, it's only women. And therefore, I don't, I don't deny the fact that men don't drink wine. But it could be that's just something that later developed. It doesn't have a status of anything from the Gemara at all, even for us. But clearly, what we was able to prove, uh, and he goes through many, many sources to show this, is that meat wasn't included necessarily. And therefore, if the Yershalmi is where you're going for, meat is a, the idea of eating meat is definitely less uh, apparent at all. And therefore, um, uh, you could definitely say that meat is different, that even if uh, it doesn't uh, have the same humra of yayin, and therefore, um, one could say that, um, you know, what happened was the Yashami talked about wine, later generations added meat, And when it comes to um, our question about feeding spaghetti and meatballs, you can definitely say from all these sources, and he brings money more than I'm mentioning here, that wine is more chomer than meat. And even if you want to say that the only wine you're going to give to a child is the Havdalah wine, Meat is the less chomer than wine, no matter what. And especially, as he says, practically, you don't want to give wine to a child anyway. So therefore, it makes sense to maybe accept the Neide Behuda that you shouldn't give wine to a child during the nine days. But 
That's not necessarily true about meat. And therefore, it's a pain. There's no reason to put the child in pain by not having meat. The last idea that he says is that he, he feels that we need to look at children as if not so much like they need to grow, but that all children should can have a lachic, at least from that age, can have a lachic status of someone who's a chola. And we know that we give heterim for cholim all the time. Women, for example, who are going through their period. Uh, the poskim, Rabbi Yaakov Reicher, one of the great poskim uh, of the end of the, uh, the, the 17th century, writes that he was matir consistently, uh, women, um, to eat meat during the nine days. Because whether they were women who were having their period or women that were nursing, that they have a din of cholot. Now, they haven't been diagnosed as ill, but the point is they are in a weakened state. So you see from Rabbi Yaakov Reicher's Psak that you can take a look at a certain class of people about where they're at, and you can say, he says, maybe the same thing you can say about children. That the same way Rabbi Yaakov Reicher, the great Shavos Yaakov, was not there for women to eat meat during the nine days. Uh, women were having their period or were nursing. So it would seem that, and they're not really sick, they just have, they're, they're sort of ill. So if you have a kid who's five, six, why can't you give him the same status that, and, and, that he needs these things? Um, one of the proofs he brings is the, the, what it says in Halacha, that we're not makbed on, 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 on children that are four or five to wait six hours. We don't make them wait six hours between between meat and milk, even though that that's mentioned in, in the Gemara uh, that you need to wait. Although the Gemara says Shaa, but the poskim are very strict about it. About there is there in fact the, the some poskim bring a, a source from the Gemara that you need to wait six hours. I don't know if it's the strongest source in the world or not, but it seems clear that, that that's something which was in Scabble everywhere. Having meat during the nine days is less calmer than waiting between milk and meat. And we know we are not mockpit on, on, on kids from four to nine that they have to wait. So we shouldn't be mockpit in terms of giving them meat as well. Um, in terms of the proof about the shkita knife, let me just end. I said I was going to end one more thing. Here, the Kloisenberger Rebbe has, a, a, I think, a very interesting uh, and choppy, and, and as we say, very uh, sharp, <laughs> no pun intended because we're talking about a knife. He says that he believes that when it says we, we hide the knife, we're talking primarily about meat of, 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 of big animals, of cows, of goats, of, of sheep, of behemot. And he, he shows that that's the idea uh, from many places. When they bring this idea of hiding the knife, they use the word katsavim, the ones who are cutting big pieces of meat. However, chicken, uh, the chicken knife, they didn't hide. The sakin that they would be hiding was the, was the sakin for the large animal. That was the animal that they were going to hide the knife for. And that might be true because, as he says, probably, you know, <laughs> The, the better meat for a child of that age is probably not this big, tough uh, animal meat anyway. 
it's probably better for him to be eating um, ch- uh, chicken and other types of meat that come from meat or chicken or duck. That's probably a better meat anyway for them. Therefore, um, uh, as we know, a chicken, if a person needs to have some sort of meat during the nine days, the post can say he should have chicken because that's not really the xayra. The xayra is really about animal meat. So, and that's stam important to know that if, you, if it's if it's impossible you to have any, you need some protein, you should have chicken as opposed to having hamburger. Um, but for a child, he feels that there should be no reason whatsoever to deny, maybe you could say not to have spaghetti, but fried chicken shouldn't be a problem. And therefore, um, bur- chicken and that type of meat wouldn't apply. It has no connection to the Mizbeach because they didn't bring chickens on the Mizbeach at all. They only brought uh, doves. And therefore, you can't say, oh, I, I'm not having this because I'm thinking about the Horban. So therefore, as he says, that you should definitely be able to give to a chicken to children even if they've reached the age of chinuch, even if, they, if they've already reached an age of seven, eight, nine, I don't know if he would be matir for, you know, over nine, but he says, he says, it's clear that that should be allowed. So I think that the, you know, the, this is an example of, of working within the sources and, 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 and discovering things uh, like a, an incredible researcher but at the same time, you can see the energy that was motivating the Kloisenberger Rebbe uh, to, to Paskin Lakula here. And it's, 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 it's an impressive uh, edifice of, of, of how you construct a Kula. You, you, it's, it's, it's a combination of a skillful reading of the sources, plus a tremendous amount of just common sense and compassion and love for children that I think is what really trans, which really is something that we pick up and, and you can see it being uh, channeled into this tshuva, lehilchasa, which it would seem is something that, uh, you know, we could definitely paskin like. I have to tell you the Shevet Alevi, who was uh, clearly a, uh, someone who, who knew how great the Kloisenberger Rebbe was, does say that up until the age, he only gives a heter outright to the age of three uh, to serve meat to children. My feeling is, is that based on this tshuva, that you would probably be able to push that, uh, I would say, till, again, till probably the age of eight or nine. And for chicken, maybe even older than that. And I think that you would be clearly within the bounds of, of, of the Kloisenberger's vision of halacha. And that's, I would share that as well. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.